and like you were saying, there's many others. And the three main branches, like, yeah, the post on pre-millennial, basically like, where are we at in the story? Like, are we in that trial period? Are we not? I'm curious, Evan, though, what did you think about the rapture in general? Like when that was preached at you or talked about, like, what did you just, I'm just curious, what do you think would happen? I think there are a bunch of naked people walking around in heaven. (laughs) Why is it always that the clothes are on the ground? Why is that always the view that clothes are left behind? (laughs) They just get up to St. Peter's gates and they're like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) Dearly beloved, welcome to the Unblessed Podcast where we inquire and exposit the mysteries of that ancient text, that good book itself, the Holy Bible. We are not theologians nor historians. We are but armchair philosophers who spent years in seminary or on a church staff and have since departed to make our own way. We invite you now to read, think, and laugh with us as we dive deep into the denominational doctrines of the divine in the Unblessed Podcast. Recording. I'm recording right now. Me too. Okay. Yep. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Unblessed Podcast. My name is Evan. And I'm Scott. And we are two ex-church slide clickers. Scott, did you ever run slides at church? I. When did I not run slides? I've, I think I ran slides when leading worship one time, if I recall. <laughs> I had to, like, swipe <laughs> and click. Keep playing music, if I recall. Uh, there's a couple times I had to be a one-man band, but there is a specific art form to worship slide clicking. Would you agree? Yeah, I think it's much... There's a little bit more to it than uh, definitely the sermon. Slide clicking. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's... yeah. Explain the differences between worship right. slide clicking and sermon slide clicking. I think so there's worship some slide clicking, out there. we got to give them some yeah, yeah, exactly. Worship slide clicking, you do need to, there is a delay, and so you do need to click before it gets to right. the next song. Um, because sheep will hear the same song every single Sunday, but if the words are not on the screen, <laughs> they won't know what to do. Isn't it unreal? Like my church growing up, we may have introduced a new song once a year, maybe. Otherwise it was the same song. We had the same song for, uh, like the post offering, uh, what do you call it? Like the invitation song Yeah, was the same for years for a decade straight. And I love that there was still slides up every Sunday, just in case. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh but you're right you have to like preempt people you have yeah. to give them like a little bit of a flavor the next slide or otherwise they're gonna get lost yeah but you can't be too early give me too early because yeah. otherwise they're like oh no we're not doing this anymore we're not singing what we're singing <laughs> we've got to start we're singing the new this. thing and it's it, 
which slide creating for worship is bonkers as well because you've got to be like okay how much is too much clicking how much is too little What's your ideal format for a for a worship slide? If you had to make one now, are you a one line worship slide kind of guy? Like the no, 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 four no. lines, I, six I, lines. If it's a long verse, I'll split it in two. Okay, you know, uh, but I like Fair. to cut it up between verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge. So you just got the whole ass chorus up there sometimes. Uh, yeah, like if if it's if you it's a short know enough, the whole map, they got to know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if it's really tiny, though, on the screen, sometimes you're dealing with like a projection uh, from like 80 yeah, feet away. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the trick where it's like, OK, how long is the chorus? Because I think like um, how he loves us, the chorus for that can all be on one screen. <laughs> oh, how, how he, he loves us. Click. Oh, oh, how he loves us. Click. Isn't it funny when there's like how the instrumental breaks and it's just like oohs and ahs and there's like even prompts for like ooh, instrumental break. Ah, just <laughs> I think that's my favorite I've ever you gotta seen. you got to remind people that My favorite I've ever seen is um, <laughs> there's an instrumental break and I saw like on a screen in parentheses instrumental. <laughs> yeah, let everyone just, know like, oh, just, now the instruments have a turn. Okay, I, I can rest. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. In your expert opinion, um, how, yes, how would you talk about slide design, uh, slideology? Um, which yeah. which was your favorite? Did you use a pro presenter? Did you use PowerPoint? Whoa. Did you use um, Prezi? Did you use? <laughs> Did you zoom into the word <laughs> as it was being created? <laughs> We did not have the funds for Pro Presenter growing up. It was that was mm. the that's the top tier package for yeah. people that run slides. They know what we're talking about here. Everyone else fucking hates this conversation right now. But yeah. for us, us slide boys, us slide sluts, yeah. <laughs> Pro Presenter was top tier. It was the most expensive package I remember. Our church has some the shittiest thing. It was worse than PowerPoint. It's called Media Shout. And if you oh, I do Media remember Shout, Media Shout. We used God. Media Shout growing up. It was so stupid. Like, cause you would. Well, like media copy. shit. It was media shit. <laughs> I would spend more time. I remember at my parents' church a few times, like when I was in college, I would have to do slides and they would like just somehow it's like they would just not save any of the slides. Even though they, like we were saying, they have the same songs every freaking Sunday. Mm-hmm. I get up from that booth and they'd be like, we don't have anything ready. Like nothing's been saved. <laughs> so I'd have to go in there and like try to save over templates. And like I just would give up and just make a PowerPoint faster than anything. Yeah. So PowerPoint and is the easiest one to use. You just make a slide and you hit go and it's it's you're there and done. But in church internet is abysmal. <laughs> and so looking up the lyrics a to a song running just a wheel, in case that is the internet. <laughs> it's something that it's a song from like 1642 that you've never it's quicker to just go and look at a fucking hymnal doesn't that happen a lot too where you do a song and they don't give you the sheet so you got to look it up on the internet Mm -hmm. and it's not the right version of the song you ever done that before yeah pasted it in oh that happened all the time with like hymns where you put in some random secret verse that talks about like i don't know (laughs) Keep them separate, buddy. Whoa. <laughs> <about to> <laughs> and you're like, whoa, this should be in here. 
This is from, oh, this is from 1940. <laughs> Share the gospel with the Indians. <laughs> you're like, yikes. And it's like above your head. And so then you're in the church website and it's got like some horrible verse above your head as you're. <laughs> Welcome to our church. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Oh, but slides is. So I think the other thing, too, is uh, being a worship leader yourself. Finding people to run slides is a whole nother art form, too. Which is the easiest. Like, it's the, it is truly the most noncommittal part of a worship band. Do you consider them part of the band? Uh, no. no Evan? <laughs> <laughs> Categorically, no. Uh, they're not playing an instrument. Um, no. Evan, the behind-the-scenes crew is just as important as the, the hot boys shredding guitar up front. Right? Right? Sure. No, no, absolutely not. Um, oh, man. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say that, like, I, I think they are important because a congregation is so dumb. Yeah, it's, it's a nightmare. Otherwise, you just have a bunch of, like, blank faces, blank yeah. stares. Like, if How a slide can, goes down, it's, it's over. Yeah, you go to a concert, you know all the words. You sing these songs every single fucking Sunday, and somehow you don't know them. You know all the worst. You know all the worst national anthem. You know all the players on the Colts football team. Like, how how do you not remember the words to these things? Now, to to their credit, though, why did I still need song sheets for some of these songs, even though I played them almost every week? I don't know. It's because these songs are shit. I think it's because they're so similar that I just uh, I think know that's true. where the hell I'm going. Because there's times where I was like, a song might sound like another song or another hymn, and it would be like, I would just start going to that mode. Which I, I think just, is where charismatics have like the best excuse. Because then they'll just, <laughs> just be like, oh, this, yeah, this song sounds like this. Let's just go into this song instead. And oh everybody's just gosh. like, that makes sense. Sure. And yeah, so it's just like, it, with, with Baptist, it's just like, you can't go from your beautiful to beautiful savior <laughs> slow down we gotta sit for a second you can't you can't go to uh how great is our god to how great thou art that's, that's, that's impossible that's that's, oh that's revolutionary that's, that's <laughs> church slides i think my mom she's told me she spends eight to 10 hours a week preparing slides for the church. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm shocked by that. Shocked. Eight out a full work day. That or maybe five songs. That Six speaks at, at most. I think it's more about computer skills. At that <laughs> I was point about to say, it is. I think <laughs> I'm going to say something really mean, but I think she's a nice lady. Evan. Seven. You to- keep your hands <laughs> off her. <laughs> Don't you seven care. hours. Of that to seven hours and a half of that is figuring out where the on button is. <laughs> She'll send me sometimes. And mom, if you, this is probably, if you happen to listen to one episode, I hope it's not this one. But, <laughs> uh, she'll like, sometimes she'll send me screenshots of like when she's working on slides. And I know she's been there for a long time. Cause she'll send me like, I got this pop-up. What should I click on? It's like a windows update. And it'll just be like windows update. Should I re- remind me tomorrow? And she's like, I don't know what to click. I'm like, just hit later. 
And then she'll text me like three hours later and it'll be like another Windows update thing. And I'm like, I know you're still there at the computer. <laughs> You've been there all afternoon working on five songs. Like somebody help this lady. It should be me, but I'm not that great. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Church slides is a real, a real treat. But uh, maybe AI will help us one day. And perhaps. Truth. So, like, AI is a big topic. Uh, probably going to take all our jobs. Um, yeah, probably. probably. Uh, but specifically, how do you think AI is going to help? That's our icebreaker. It's a bit there of a thought provoking, thought provoking question. It's yeah, not. Okay. It's not something frivolous. No. Um, we're, we're here to ask. Now. We're here to ask the hard questions. That's right. We're here to get hard. This podcast in twenty years and go. These guys had. had They were on the. They're on the. They're on the cutting, sledding edge. We're here to get hard and ask questions. In that order. In that order. (laughs) (laughs) I. I just. I love that there are friends of mine that like this is their Monday or this is their Tuesday morning podcast. It's blaring in the office too, and and they're just like. It's like you know what I need with my morning. Dick talk. <laughs> like, um, with that being said, yeah, yeah. With that being said, like, um, how do you think, like, because AI can do so much, and if you can copy someone's voice, I, it's which I wonder if there's more or less work to doing an AI worship leader than just like playing Chris Tomlin in well, a worship service, like just the the track. I. I'm fascinated that I don't know how many churches that are playing tracks on Sunday. I know of youth groups that did that. And that mm. fascinated me because I always grew up with a, a band. Like when yeah. I was in church and in youth group, there was always at least somebody on a guitar. We but did. I remember it. We, we did people, the track stuff. You did just tracks, just have a CD. We playing. didn't have enough. <laughs> we, we did. We like, I mean, I think I led worship for a little bit with guitar but because I was hot, yeah, um, obviously, yeah. And then we eventually had like a full band, but we could never get together and practice. And we never wanted to pra- practice worship songs. We wanted to practice like we wanted to write our own songs and do Christian songs. Oh, and so wow. getting okay. us to lead like, worship, we're make it. Yeah, we're like <laughs> we're gonna make, we're gonna be we're gonna be we're playing gonna be this. We're gonna be the first Christian band to play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, please tell me that's not something you said. Like a friend of mine, like the drummer was like, that's the goal. And I was like, that won't happen. The first Christian band, please get excited. Get on your feet for get this. Get on your feet. The first Christian Breaking Super Barriers. <laughs> no, Breaking Barriers. Yep. Oh, we had. I love it. We had three oh, guitars, man. no bass player, one drummer. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the people need. And oh, I love it. Oh, we, we had so three great. guitars, one drummer, three singers. Of course. Two of them yeah. didn't play an instrument. Oh, just separate singers. Just as there. Well. Just there. <laughs> that was a thing in youth group. You just had someone get up there and they wanted to hold a mic. Just, you know, yep. get in front of people. Hey, so it's Steven Tyler. So you so you would default sometimes to a CD 
that would yeah. just play them. Or like a YouTube video, like a, or a lyric video. Sure. Something like that, you know? Yeah, I never, but I'm fascinated by that. Um, here's my, my hot take, though, is that if women can't be worship leaders, that I don't know if AI will. Robots well, can. <laughs> I don't know if robots can, according to the Southern Baptist. As long as it's a male voice. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that that's probably true. That I bet if someone's even playing a freaking CD, they're like, well, it's got to be a male singer in the CD, not a female mm. C- you know, because people might get confused yeah. out in the audience. They might be like, where's this sexy voice coming from? <laughs> get distracted. Why, why yeah. am I turned on all of a sudden? Oh, my God. Uh, I don't know. I, it's kind of a domain I, I don't know much about. So, And um, with that, AI preaching. I think AI oh. could replace... I think it'll replace uh, writing, like like sermon writing. Sermon sure. writing and then sermon preaching before it would replace. Because you already have what you need with worship, which is just like putting in. The only thing that you don't have is the person up there doing it, which you wouldn't have. Um, but if you had like a virtual church or something like that, you could oh, by all wow. means do a... You could put in a YouTube lyric video or whatever. You could design that. Um, maybe you could the have AI, AI band that looks like an actual band's in your church. Yeah, you could. I, the hands would service. be all weird. Um, yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Eight hot dogs playing the bass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, like with the preaching aspect of it, you could get up there and you could have just like, I think a silver fox dad. Yeah. Uh-huh. Doing the preaching. Um, his name is probably like, it's, it's like a normal first name, but a unique last name. Yeah. So it's like yeah. Greg Porus. Uh, Steve Kabatis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Frank Slavinger. Uh, John Trisovsky. Yep. Um, <laughs> Dan Britz. <laughs> why I love Dan Britz. <laughs> so silly. Dan, um, Dan Britz leads the seminary. Yeah, he has to. He's the yeah. chaplain. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious, though, have you ever attended a virtual service in like in good faith? Not like, let me just see what this is all about. Like, actually, like, you know, what? I'm going to log on and listen in. Have you ever done that? Um. I will say no to the aspect of like logging on and listening in. I used to watch a lot of like Acts twenty nine stuff. Yeah, um, like with those like clips, right? Now like those a whole like, yeah. service. Well, I, that, that I mean, that was like oh. watching the whole like sermon. I didn't watch like the worship service part See, of it. I can understand like logging in for a sermon. I don't get the appeal of watching a worship band through your little laptop speakers. That like, sounds so shitty. Like, do you stand with them when they say, let's all stand and worship? Do you stand, stand where you're at at home? Yeah, or do you just, just sit like, on the couch? It's like standing for the Pledge of Allegiance in your living room. <laughs> it's just like, who's this for? <laughs> like, who? <laughs> hey, you leave my family out of this. <laughs> we stand for the flag. It's my family, too. <laughs> like, oh. it, doesn't, it doesn't, you can't see the flag half the time. I, God bless my family, but yeah, if the national anthem comes on during a football game, 
you know that attention is being diverted over to the television at that moment. Absolutely. We stop what we're doing. But I don't get the appeal of worship through online services. And I think that's what's wild to me is that it's weird and i think it should be on. illegal I, it's weird and i don't like it weird and i don't I like it i'm scared that, like, all these little churches like, i want my jello <laughs> give me jello that's all i want pickles pickles my, and jello my, my pickled jello <laughs> but like all these churches jumped on this bandwagon of like well we have to have virtual services available during COVID. we have to have virtual services and i'm like who's watching these like who at yeah. home why is it worth? I had. A, I remember a church that I used to work at. They spent almost twenty grand on like new mics and video software and cameras and all this jazz, all for what? Like maybe eleven people to mm-hmm. lazily watch a service at home. I'm like, what are we <laughs> in their bed? Yeah, like I just don't. I don't get the appeal of it. So to kind of bring it back to AI, I maybe be a better experience, but I still think that there's a. I think people want to go to church for the in-person experience. I think yeah. that's the main pull, especially of worship services. Like you yeah. want to go cause it's a concert sermons. I think AI is going to help uh, pastors be even more lazy because most pastors work, I don't know, maybe three hours a week. <laughs> you heard it here so, first folks. <laughs> As extra, a extra. Pastor, I can, uh, I can attest. We had all about this hot scoot from Scott Moran. <laughs> so I think they'll be even more lazy and they can get their sermons uh, written in like five seconds by a, a bot and then just keep getting breakfasts with people. Yeah, I just put this in <laughs> Baptist.ai. Yeah. And then it gives me all of my homophobic points. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's let's move on to our topic today. Yeah, let's, so what do we this got? topic was prompted by a post that's going around on social media. And that post has a giant UFO over a field that can easily be West Virginia or Alabama or anywhere in America. Um, With the conversation about aliens, the like little like meeting that they had in Congress about like exposing that the guy was just like, they were like, was it a person? And he was like, it wasn't not, not a person. <laughs> like that was the kind of his answer. He was like, mm, and didn't. Uh, I could go off about the alien stuff, but, uh, but that's like, a whole nother episode. But yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, uh, so this photo has got me. It's like a full on UFO, like with from lights from like close, uh, encounters close encounter style can do like the little noises is, Jody Foss is going to make contact with it. Like it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And the subtitle is it wasn't aliens. <sighs> and it just has first Thessalonians four, sixteen through 17. And the thing is the way this was shared to me and the way it was shared to other people is just no context. I don't get it from the verse either yeah. though. I doesn't make sense. This little graphic like so diving into the verse a little bit yeah let's go ahead and read the verse what this is saying and then we'll yeah we can it's first thessalonians or if you're evan in sixth grade first thessalonians (laughs) (laughs) point and laugh everybody i know please (laughs) uh four sixteen through 17 for the lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the archangel's voice and with the trumpet of god and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are still alive will be caught up together with them 
in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. So, taking that and applying it to this revelation that aliens might be real, I guess. Are we saying that God is an alien? I don't understand the logic of this meme thing and I'm scared because I don't know what people are doing. <laughs> so I read this verse and it should be if you're a Bible believing Christian it should be the future. It's what's going to happen that the Lord will bring us up later. The conversation is that we have seen aliens now and the meme says it wasn't aliens like, it doesn't say it's not gonna be aliens it's it wasn't like we already saw christ on his spaceship come down so i have my two problems are one why are talking about like it already happened <laughs> and two does jesus have a spaceship is that the whole point too is that we're, his... we're mormons right all along i guess so we're scientologists I we're all, I, like i think we're all of them now <laughs> it's 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 crazy. And I, I also like the idea, kind of to your point, of there are aliens. And this person being like, it wasn't aliens, being all it like, was coy. Jesus Christ, Lord of Lords. <laughs> it's like, okay, I don't understand <laughs> what you're trying to tell me. This <laughs> is like, <laughs> is something happening? Like, and so taking it a step further, it's like, okay, so if it wasn't Jesus, something is happening right now. Like, like something has to be going on. Like, there has to be something going on. And so the dead in Christ will rise is what my brain points to. And so does that mean, are you ascribing to the belief that when someone dies, they're in the ground until Christ comes back and then their spirit is lifted? Let's get into eschatology, bitch. Here we go. Fuck it up. Let's get (laughs) fucked up. Let's get our I, asses rammed by rapture. Oh, God. Okay, Evans. <laughs> calm down. It's a Monday morning for some people here. <laughs> so, my mother's listening to this episode, too. Um, yeah, it's it's because it's there are so many different versions of eschatology, um, which makes sense because it's something that hasn't happened yet. It's just interpreting the yeah. future from scribblings of madmen. Um Essentially. And so the rapture is nowhere explicitly mentioned in the Bible. It's not like a, like it's the word rapture isn't there. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, It's like a, it's a definition of things that people assume from verses. Yeah. And so brought up. Yeah. And I don't remember the actual definitions of all these, uh, but your, your typical uh, rapture, belief systems are pre-millennial, amillennial, and post-millennial. Yes. Um, right. And it all has to do with the thousand years that a thousand years of tribulation, a thousand years of Christ being here. Um, and your interpretation of that. And even within those subsets, you have, even within those like beliefs, you have subsets of beliefs, right? Uh, so you could have somebody, like a millennial uh, is somebody who believes that if I'm remembering it correctly, is somebody who believes that we are in the thousand years of tribulation. Yes. We're currently living in them. Currently living in them. 
post-millennial is we already did. Yeah, I, I don't know. Somehow already passed the thousand. <laughs> and that's the thing with these is that the thousand is interpreted either and not necessarily like a literal sense. It's like just a general time span of like a a lot of time. It's like the only years. time a number is ever. <laughs> yeah, it, that everyone agrees that right the now. number. Everyone agrees that the number is generic and does yeah. not mean anything. That is, it's the only time that numerologists are just like, okay, well that one does, or, or like. That doesn't mean anything. Um, Evan, but, can I share something very nerdy and dorky that I did in college that's right on this topic? Oh, exactly. fuck me. Let's go. I wrote and compiled a 17-page document. That's way too much. Eschatology. <laughs> In 10-point font, single space. <laughs> the wild thing is, like, I was the same way in college, and I don't think I would be friends with you. Oh, Evan. So here's here's the, the scoop was I was uh, dating a certain girl in college, not my current wife. We'll call her Ben. Sure, Ben. <laughs> Brad uh, Stitzer. Brad Stitt. Brad uh, um, but long story short, she had a pretty unique family dynamic. And one of the things that I came to find out was they consider themselves preterous, preterous, which I'd never heard of in my life. And uh, explain got, preterism to me, Predi- explain predatorism to me. <laughs> they're predators. It's <laughs> <laughs> a unique family predators. dynamic. Ooh. <laughs> of being sexual predators. <laughs> no. Yikes. They... <laughs> Uh, they did get his, her dad was leading a Bible study and he got kicked out of the church because of his preterist views. That's P R E T E R I S preterism. Yeah. Preterist. Uh, the, the summary of preterism is that Jesus Christ already came back in all his glory during the Roman, uh, like ransacking of Jerusalem in 70 AD. So yeah, everything that like revelation has talks about as the future has, is everything's in the past. So a preterist thinks that there's no like future. There's no like, Oh, like, um, you know, we're waiting on like Jesus to come back and take us up. Like that already happened. Jesus saved the people he wanted before the Romans. And looking back now, I actually kind of enjoy that as a theology. It kind of makes sense as far as reading the Bible, because one, Jesus tells his disciples, I'll be back within um, a generation. So, um, or is it Paul who says that? Either way, it's um, one, in one of the, the New Testament verses, it's almost to be within a generation that they shall see these things come to pass. I think it's Christ that says that. So, that doesn't make sense because it's been more than one generation since these things and they have not passed. It but, ge- well, it's one generation when you consider that we're all children of God. Oh, that that's right. How silly. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, preterism, they think everything's the past. So uh, when the Romans came and, and ransacked and took over Jerusalem, that was like the end times. That was like all the tribulation and the war and everything. Um, but anyway, so that's one aspect of eschatology. And like you were saying, there's many others. And the three main branches, like, yeah, the post, odd, premillennial, basically like where are we at in the story? Like are we... In that trial period, are we not? I'm curious, Evan, though, what did you 
think about the rapture in general? Like when that was preached at you or talked about, like, what did you just, I'm just curious, what do you think would happen? I think there are a bunch of naked people walking around in heaven. (laughs) Why is it always that the clothes are on the ground? Why is it always the view that clothes are left behind? (laughs) They just get up to St. Peter's gates and they're like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) Gotta cover myself up. Um, I just like, I don't, th- I don't think I ever had a view of the rapture. I don't think in my brain the rapture ever. I, I think like as a kid, I was scared shitless of the rapture. Like, oh, I, get, I was too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll get home and nobody would be home, and I'd be like, oh my god. <laughs> didn't didn't we all? I yeah. had that same feeling. We might talk about it in another episode. I remember I came home from school one day, and it was eerily quiet in my neighborhood. Like I didn't hear anybody outside. No one was home that should have been home. I probably just didn't get the memo classic me (laughs) and i thought like my brain immediately went to oh christ came back and got everybody (laughs) not they just aren't home yet or i should check my phone yeah not like mom went grocery shopping and didn't tell anybody or like maybe my brother has volleyball practice it's just like oh yeah clearly jesus christ came back and took everybody to heaven that's the most logical conclusion It's no, it's insane. So, like, I don't, I think, uh, when I thought about the rapture, I was very much a the rapture, I, I was very much an ah millennial in the sense of we are living in the thousand years of tribulation. Mm. Um, and that the I didn't think a thousand years was going to come. I didn't, and so that, like, that when, when we think about millennialism, we're thinking about when the rapture would happen. Um, so a pre in an ah millennial would think that. Uh, the rapture would happen after the uh, thousand years of tribulation, um, which is similar the, with a post-millennial, uh, I think. Oh, or a I just looked it up. It's actually the time that Christ will reign for a thousand years. Oh, is that what Not it is? Th- so it's uh, so we're thinking he's currently a millennial. He'd be reigning for a thousand years now. After that, I think rapture. So that's yeah. most so Southern Baptists yeah. are pre-millennial, where they most think no, none of this is happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think like for myself, I think I was somewhere of a mix of pre and ah in that respect. Sure. Where it was, um, Christ is reigning. Um, I don't think I ever believed in a. Um, I think later in my Christian views, I had much more of a. Um, kingdom of heaven type view where God will come and make everything new and there will be a new Jerusalem and this, that, or the other. Um, I think I had much more of a like stronger eschatological view um, in that respect where it was, it wasn't so much of that, that heaven isn't, we talked about this a while ago, Mm -hmm. uh, that heaven isn't just this place with clouds. I think like I've, if I were to die, I would just be like, Oh, I'm in Philly, but like it smells better. Like, you know, boy, this is a nice Philly now. Nice Philadelphia. (laughs) Um, there's not a truck spray painted the fuck truck, like a few blocks down. (laughs) Um, or maybe there is, uh, that's also an option. Uh, so like, I think that became more my eschatological view when I, uh, but I think, like, for me, the rapture was much more about 
Christ's second coming. Yeah, uh, sure, yeah. And I think that that's how I viewed Christ's second coming, which is it's, it's interesting because Christ's second coming is supposed to be like him coming, if I'm remembering correctly, him coming, walking around being like, I'm Jesus, turn or burn. Um, <laughs> and giving folks a chance. Um, mm. That's, I think, how it's interpreted, but in reality, what it, how the Bible depicts it is a battle on the field of Armageddon. Yeah, it, there's a, there's a couple different things there. Like a lot of people, and honestly, the way I view Jesus a little bit more is as a, a an end times prophet, where he's kind of saying, "Hey, the kingdom of heaven." So when Christ talks about it, he's not really mentioning himself necessarily. I think it's more about like in general, like the kingdom of heaven is going to come swiftly in the night, you know, like a thief in the night. It's going to be unexpected. It's going to come in glory. And a lot of people interpreted that then with Revelation, which is absolutely bonkers. My theory of Revelation is somebody, we don't really know if it was John. Um, John after he was poisoned and survived. But I like to think somebody had some magic mushrooms and wrote down whatever the hell they saw. And that's how we got Revelation. I do love Revelations 20 uh, verse 2. Um, he sees the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. Um, you can read it as that, and it looks pretty funny. Um, I want to jump back to First Thessalonians, though, because this is a kind of an interesting verse, and I think it does inform what a lot of Christians think about the rapture and the end time. So if, if we kind of go back to 4 and do 14 through 18, so this whole thing... It says, For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. So what I think with that one is he's saying, okay, he's trying to address the problem of what do people do? that already died that were, were waiting on this kingdom of heaven. Mm. Like, are they just dead and gone? Is, did God forget about them? So I think he's answering the question of, okay, when the, the Lord comes back, those that already died are, or they say have fallen asleep. They get the, the Disney fast pass to heaven. They, they, <laughs> they jump the line. First. They jump the line. All the dead naked people rise from the grave and go to heaven. And then, then it says uh, that 16, what we just said, for the Lord will come down in his spaceship that looks like from Third Encounters, <laughs> or Close Encounters of Third Kind. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of a command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of a trumpet uh, of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, midair, 360s, windmill slam dunk. 360 no scope. And we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So take that and go encourage somebody today with those words. Just say, hey, just so you know. We're all going to be naked and join We're all going to be naked and in in the sky. (laughs) Doesn't that sound nice? Isn't that a word of encouragement? Hey, if there's any place to be naked. It's the sky. It's this guy. With Jesus. It's this guy. (laughs) God. 
Anyway, I just think I, yeah, we get it, a lot from that verse of like mm-hmm. the timings of when things are going to happen. So I think, but it's inconsistent. It's inconsistent with what people actually believe about the afterlife. Oh yeah, like yeah. that they think they go right to heaven now. Yeah. So what happens? You go to heaven and then you go to a better heaven. That's actually a really good point. And that's something that I was taught was that you go straight to heaven, but then when the new earth gets created, then you kind of get upgraded to the new, new kingdom. So you're like heaven, which is perfect. Can't be any better. Couldn't be improved upon in any way, but then you go to heaven (laughs) 2.0 after Jesus comes. And God's just like, we just installed mass transit. (laughs) We got HD over there. Yeah, HD over there. Hey, we're so on coax cable over there. So now yeah, we got fiber. So we got fiber optics going around. So yeah. <laughs> also, we got I, a, you know a new pool table. Like everything's great. Not that old raggedy can, pool yeah, table. You can work from home. Like, All of heaven shares one pool table. <laughs> Whole line of quarters on the side. <laughs> it is both a pool and a table. Wow. Thanks, God. Yeah, thanks, God. Uh, yeah, no, but it's it's a good point because, like, there is the whole idea of a kingdom of heaven on earth. Yeah. Um, and that Jesus bringing that in his uh, second coming and in his reign, um, which if you interpret that as literal, um, then you're, you have the belief that Jesus will defeat Satan in battle, Nice. Yeah. Uh, chain him to the floor, uh, imprison nice. him, um, you know, whip him a little bit, um, maybe gag him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Heaven's on d- something today. <laughs> don't act like you don't enable me. <laughs> this is comedy here. I got I got a poke and pride. Yeah. Um, Catch you over the edge. But so no, um, Daddy Jesus uh, in, in in enslaves Satan, and uh, and imprisons Satan, and so he's down there in his cage, um, and then we have, but but through that you have like this the time of prosperity, and so the kingdom of heaven is just supposed to be on earth, yeah. uh, during that time, um what these verses declare is that the people who are being called up are people who just didn't get to see Jesus come back yet. Hmm. If they jump the line. And so it begs the question of like, when you die, do you just kind of chill? Yeah. For like however long, um, or I think is people heaven, thought they were just asleep for yeah. the whole time. Yeah. And in these times the Bible was written, I think they legit just thought, people closed their eyes and they were just kind of like asleep for an indefinite period of time. And I think that's fair. I think maybe the conversation started happening a little bit more as people started talking to the Greeks and the Romans. Um, Mm. Because the Greeks and Romans have the view of an, uh, the Greeks and the Romans have a view of an underworld, right? They have a view of an afterlife. Uh, Jews do as well, or the Hebrews did as well. And yeah, um, but it wasn't, I don't know if it was as pronounced. Um, yeah. Sheol was certainly a, a place of the dead that was, yeah, not, 
I wouldn't say it was talked about in like a positive light, but also wasn't. It was kind of like a necessary place. It was like that's yeah. just where the dead go. And that's Hades. the same with the underworld. With um, yeah, the same with Hades. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a bad place. It's just where you go. Yeah, and Hades is grossly misinterpreted in our. I, Hades isn't a good guy. No Greek god is a good guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, they all suck. They all suck. They're all just reflections of themselves, mm-hmm. of, of like people. That's just what they were. Yep. They weren't paragons of righteousness in any way. Um, but like at the same time, like Hades was the explanation of we can't fathom existence after non-existence. Oh, we can't fathom exist. Yeah, we can't fathom yeah. existence after existence. And so the question of well, what happens when you die? Yep. It's like, well, you're just dead. And it's like, okay, well, why would I choose that? Well, I think that's what is just kind of funny about the Bible is we've wrestled with this question as humans for as long as we've been able to think is what happens when you see someone die? We don't know what happens to that thought process, that consciousness. Like, does it go somewhere? Is it done? And so people have, made at best just these guesses of what they think happens. Like, okay, you go to this place or, well, you know, there's an ultimate judge and the good people go up and the bad people go somewhere that they deserve to go. Mm. Um, But yeah, these verses, I think what Christianity has, I don't want to say spoiled, but instead of taking some of this, the collective, we don't know and mystery out of death, they try to like make it this formula and that's where you get like the numerologists and like these end day, last day, like kind of prophet people. They're like, well, I know what's going to happen because I'm reading the Bible in the correct way. And that's what's so dangerous is when you have these people go, well, I think I know exactly what's going to happen. I cannot remember the guy's name. And I should, but he wrote that. Um, he wrote a book about it, but he was a pastor that believed that God was going to come back in 1988. Yeah something like that. And so he was preaching throughout the sixties and seventies. Like I had, I did the, I did the math somehow in revelation and it's supposed to be 1988. And it was a specific month and a specific day in 1988, um, whatever year it was. And then he, they all just hang out on the Hill waiting for God to come back. (laughs) I think the, my favorite part about thinking about this is at what point was someone like, when do we call it quits? Like, is it midnight (laughs) or do we like, time zone difference like who's the first person to go all right is he is he, <laughs> is he gonna be back in japan first yeah is he is he moving with the time zone so like we're on eastern and then pacific will be three hours behind <laughs> but he was wrong and he realized oh i did my math wrong and i was off by i think like two years or something like that so the guy he was, kept pushing it back he just pushed it back another two years, like, oh, actually two years because I, I didn't carry the, the one on this one uh, verse. <laughs> so Christ would come back in two years. And people still believed him. And we're like, oh, yeah, we understand. And I, I just, end time prophet, it's, it scratches. I think that's why it's so popular is because people want an answer and they want to have security. So when someone offers that, it is just so tantalizing for certain groups oh, yeah. of people. But I don't know. I, I got into like rapture and end time stuff really hard when I was a little kid, like right when the left behind series books came out, I got like, I didn't read all of them cause I, I don't read books that much, but I, I think I read like the first two got hooked, got scared about the rapture every day of my life. 
kind of put the topic down for a bit. And then when I went to college, that's when I went like heavy into, well, I wonder what the church fathers think about end times. I don't have a good theology, you know, foundation for all this and blah, 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 blah. But then I grew up. (laughs) (laughs) So we have Evan, do you have any, uh, I guess, final thoughts on first Thessalonica or, um, first these alonians these those alonians <laughs> what about these alonians these alonians um i I, th- I with the rapture i mean i think it i'm curious as to looking into how the doctrine of heaven evolved over time um because it seems inconsistent about the afterlife of what transpires with the afterlife um, if you can, like, if you assume that every verse where Jesus talks about coming to the father, coming to the father, coming to the father is about heaven, um, and is about mm-hmm. death. Um, I think that's a bold, that's a bold assumption. Um, but with stuff like the rapture and you take the rapture verses and you take them for what they are, then you have a little bit of a, some theological conflict and you got to you have to wrestle and you have to say, okay, when I die, what happens? Yeah. Is heaven a waiting room? You know, it seems like it. Yeah. Um, I look at it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, rapture is, uh, a good scary topic. We had hell houses in our, um, oh my gosh. in our neighborhood and in our town growing up. Um, so it's like it's a it's an effective way to get people to at least for short term um come to church oh yeah um, fear is a great motivator yeah if you yeah. tell people like if you don't believe the secret sauce that we have you're gonna end up like you know dan brits over here dan brits <laughs> dan brits <laughs> theological the est- yeah theological <laughs> estranaire um yeah that's uh it, it's i mean it's honestly the most exciting part of the new testament it's the most exciting like which is why these are blockbuster movies like jesus's yeah. life and the rapture are the two parts of the new testament that have any sort of storytelling substance is why no one makes a movie about timothy they should it'd be a no women preaching. No. It'd be about <laughs> one wild part of the movie where he gets circumcised as like a 30-year-old man. Yeah. But then like the rest of it is him just being like, so Paul, now what do we do? We sit and we write. <laughs> Neat. Um, what about you? What are your final thoughts? Um, yeah, on that same topic, it is. it feels like a fear mechanism that you can loom over people because you can always just say, well, no one knows. No one knows when Jesus could come back. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be, tomorrow. It could be right now. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, uh, like you said, it's an easy way to get people to join in on whatever you're, you're peddling or whatever you're trying to, you know, push on people. Um, and I think it's fascinating, specifically more of like Revelation. I mean, Jesus talks a lot about the kingdom of God coming back. Like, 
Mm-hmm. I know like in the gospels, he talks a lot about like, Oh, like, you know, it's more about like the tribulation days. It's like an end time stuff. Like he says like, Oh, the sun's going to be darkened and like the clouds are going to shake and heaven's going to come down. Like all this stuff. Um, clouds going to shake that booty. Heaven's going to shake that ass. Heaven's going to come down, <laughs> but revelation is going to go down on you is oh God. <laughs> revelation is interesting. It's like deflecting just a bunch of gnats. I'm just trying to <laughs> make a point. It's like dick. <laughs> bunch of dirty gnats. Just a bunch of dirty old men. Um, I think it's intriguing because it's so wild and you can interpret things however you want. And that's what makes it really fascinating for people to read through, like Revelation in particular. They're like, what does it mean? Are, are these signs that are happening right now? And you can, I think people want to be able to apply the Bible immediately to their life. And Revelation is so open book and just wild that you could say, oh, like, well, yeah, you know, maybe the locusts are talking about is actually like the COVID-19 virus. And you can just make these wild claims and then watch how it sort of magically fits the rest of the book and the narrative. So yeah. it's, it's scary to me because I know so many people that in a weird way, they genuinely, genuinely believe that like there's like a pattern of revelation, but then when you have them explain it, it's just, it completely falls through. And I think Absolutely. that's the whole point is that there's really no basis and foundation for a lot of this. It's just, like you said at the beginning, it's a lot of just hearsay and skepticism of people going, yeah, I think it's what we, it's going to happen, but yeah. it's just conjecture. It's just people making guesses. So yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. You can follow us on threads, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Um, you can follow us at our homes, uh, at unless, <laughs> unless pod. Um, you can also email us at unless podcast at gmail.com. Um, we really appreciate uh, you listening to us um, week after week. This is something that we, we love to do. Um, yes, we love so you. We love listener. you. We love. We love. We love Tarzan. Love Jane. Tar- Tarzan. <laughs> Scott Evan. Love listener. Scott. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening. And without further ado, my name is Evan, and I'm Scott. And don't forget to close your Bible.